Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 133 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Chris Heilman. Chris has worked as a lead developer on some of the largest web projects and is currently a senior program manager at Microsoft. He is also the author of several JavaScript books and a developer evangelism book, as well as being a regular presenter at conferences. So, Chris, can I ask you to expand on that brief intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, I've had an interesting career because I didn't do any of the normal things that you would expect to do. I never went to university. I don't have a degree. I started actually uh, using computers in my free time to write games on Commodore 64 and old computers like that. And my, my first job was actually a radio journalist, a newscaster. And then I found the internet in 1996. And out of a sudden, the two worlds came together, like my passion for doing things with computers in my free time and the uh, working with the medium, which in this case was the internet. So I was never that excited about doing classical IT things like setting up databases and setting up machines. But I thought the idea of being worldwide uh, with publications, like something we do right now, was always exciting me. So it was a good opportunity to bring the openness and the communication skills of something that you'd need to know as a journalist and asking the right questions and answering the questions in a simple manner together with IT knowledge. And that was just the perfect mixture at that time. So I was very lucky that I was at the right time at the right place where there was a lots of demand for somebody new with that new medium. So I, I managed to get into a position where I was able to grow much faster than anybody else was before. There was no degree, so nobody could actually demand them. So that was a really good way to start. Indeed. So presumably your background in journalism has helped you in terms of other things you've done. So in terms of writing books and uh, being a, a speaker and so forth, presumably that, that has helped. Yeah, definitely. And also for the blogging part and for the writing for the web, I found that uh, writing for the web is very much related to things we do in radio as well. In radio, you have to make sure that every sentence makes sense because people drive while they're listening to the radio or they do their chores or they do something at home. Nobody sits glued to the radio and listens to every word you say the same way people just skim your things that you do online and get very bored when you start taking your sentences too long when they're too complex. So the simplicity of radio writing is something that also helped me a lot with educating people on technical issues in uh, on the web or explaining programming ty types to all kinds of audiences. And as a public speaker, of course, it means that you can target the message to the audience as well. Okay, Chris, can you perhaps share a career tip with the IT Career Energizer audience, one they perhaps don't know and should? Well, one of them that actually people know and should but uh, are actually hard to grasp is that you have to be flexible. That it's, uh, I think the biggest part of my career was like being able to go to other companies or go to clients in other countries and visit them as well. Like if I had stayed in my hometown, I probably would not have the job right now. I, I got the offer to work for BMW in Munich and I went there and then I went to an American company. Then uh, they brought me to England. Then I stayed in England for a while. So being flexible in your timing and being flexible 
able to actually work across the world is something that a lot of people still have problems with. Like it's not a nine to five job. I hate at the same time when you got the whole like American, you got to have to side hustle and you got to do like 20 hours a day. This is not, you should do nothing you should do either, but you should be flexible. Like right now we're at like 10 o'clock at night, we're recording something here. This is not part of a normal life, which is sometimes things you have to do and i think being able to uh, to go to other countries and being flexible to work with clients in other countries for some while, for some time gave me a big boost at the beginning of my career so the the knowledge that you have in programming the knowledge that you have in your technical skills is only part of what actually makes a career a lot of it is like being able to be at the right time at the right place and sometimes be flexible with these kind of things as well it's sad that we have to do that. I mean, it's weird that we actually have to go to other places, seeing that we're all connected with the internet. But it's still the the way to get it working. I've been I've spent months and weeks on like uh, video calls and IRC sessions, and then just being there for a week and being face to face and seeing how people have problems in the other time zone made the project much much faster than it was. Chris, can you perhaps tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? I think my worst moment was when we had to shut down the UK office in my old company when basically all the talent that we acquired for the last 10 or 5 years, like a lot of people that I wanted to hire, I finally got them to hire because it was a cool company to work for back then. And we achieved a lot of stuff. We actually built much more than the Silicon Valley team did in a much shorter amount of time and in a better quality. But for some reason, there was the, well, the share price dropped. So they basically said, like, we're going to close all the local offices and anybody who has to stay with the company has to move over to the Silicon Valley. And they spent a lot of money unrooting a lot of people and moving them, their families over. And then all of them basically stayed with the company for the one or two years that were necessary for the visa and then went for actually better offers and actually uh, different uh, different companies. So I thought this was a massive lack of insight and it was a massive waste of talent because the teams work together really well as well. And all of the people in these teams are now successful in other companies as well. But it was just a waste of taking a very working environment and uh, ripping it apart just because they were geographically in the wrong place and that was just not fun to see because it's just people are bitter and a lot of people when they leave their job they burn that bridge and that's a very bad idea i think one of the best tips i can give people and i'm going to repeat that later on is like never leave a company in anger because the it world is actually smaller than we think you will cross path with all the people that you worked before sooner or later so make sure that no matter how how bad it gets you basically just take the higher ground and basically leave in silence or with a massive package like we did back then. But you, you don't actually badmouth your company to others because it will always come back to you. Indeed, absolutely. So moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? I think there are a few of them. I mean, I think working for uh, for something like the Yahoo front page was just exciting to see. Like when you can see, when you see the impact of a little change in your code uh, and millions of users out of a sudden have a faster experience. That's just a very, very wonderful thing to have. And it, I think in general, also finding that uh, after a while, when you are 
successful and you actually are connected to other people, finding that when you want to leave a company, finding a new job really quickly just by knowing other people, that's something I always find most exciting about what's happening right now. So I'm happy where I am right now, but I know for a fact that I know people everywhere and that the network that I built over the years is something that you cannot actually pay for. You cannot actually go to a LinkedIn or something or find the same ways in. So the uh, being able to reach people in other companies and even seeing people that I had to let go from my team because we had to cut down on numbers in older jobs or basically people didn't fit the company at the moment, seeing them grow is one of the things that make me really, really excited as well. I have a lot of people that used to work for me and now they actually are CEOs of other companies are probably richer than me are probably more successful than me <laughs> but they deserve it and that's really nice to see that if somebody that people always feel fall on their feet if they're if they're actually open to new ideas from time to time I think a lot of people stay in jobs in IT that they're unhappy with far too long because of a strange sense of like i gotta stay here and fix that thing that has been broken for the last three years if they give me another month they probably will give me the time to fix it and if it's already at that stage they probably will not give it to you to fix any longer because you're already too ingrained with the project you're already trying too hard whereas like a, a new developer coming in after you will probably fix that thing faster because they, they don't have the whole baggage that you've been carrying for years and years sometimes it's really cool to let a project go and then see it thrive like a month later because a new team has taken over and that's something to be proud of as well because it means you left uh, documentation behind that people understand and not just another mess that people start from scratch so, Chris, can you tell us perhaps what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? I'm actually very excited that we uh, that computers are taking over more and more. I should be worried about this. I should be worried about the automation with like deep learning and uh, artificial intelligence, if we want to call that. But I'm actually excited about it because I see far too many security problems and far too many non-optimized code out there because it's written by people by hand that actually are bored with their job. We, we should not be, be bored by writing software. Computers should be actually good enough to write most of the code for themselves right now. And we should be only there to actually st think about the algorithm, think about the patterns, think about the interfaces, how people actually talk to these machines. We always talk about don't repeat yourself when we write our own code. But in essence, a lot of code has been written already. And not all of it has been shared yet. And with open source, we've been moving leaps and bounds, we've been doing a lot of uh, reuse of code already. But I think uh, by now, computers are good enough and computers are great enough to actually find malicious code and find problematic code faster than humans could do debugging. So I'm actually excited about the whole movement into artificial intelligence, not because I want to have that like all-knowing computer that I just say, computer, please do this and that, but actually that the boring and the hard to maintain parts of software can be done by computers themselves and scripts that write other scripts. That sounds dangerous, but at the same time, I've seen so much code written by people and never maintained again. That is actually now a security hole. So I think having a computer controlling itself makes much more sense than a human sitting there and going through lines and lines of code and wondering what's going on. Yeah, absolutely right. I think also it'll open up the opportunity to do more things as well. So as you mentioned, the more sort of mundane activities are are automated and therefore it gives gives the opportunity to be to sort of expand and grow the capability that that um that can be potentially available 
It also opens the market more. I've seen uh, now that I'm pivoting much more into the AI field, I see more and more data scientists that don't have a computer science background that don't actually do much with computers, but they're actually more about seeing the right patterns and teaching computers how to see the right patterns as well. Yeah. Like having a human interface, like a natural language processing needs people with natural language processing skills. We need linguists. We need people who are writers. We need to make sure that when we want to have human interfaces, humans that know how humans talk to each other can teach those computers as well. So I'm very excited about that movement into this opening up the market for new jobs that we don't even know yet. Yes, absolutely. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Yes. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? I think it was the the excitement about computers. I always I always loved computers for doing the things that I didn't want to do. I was really bad at math in school because I actually wrote programs to do the stuff for me. I found it boring. I didn't want to do calculations by hand. I didn't want to do differentials where I repeated the same thing over and over again when a for loop can do the same thing. The main thing that I wanted to do is like have computers as our helpers do the jobs that we're bored of and people stop being people being scared of computers. That's what I wanted to do as well. I wanted to build interfaces that make it easy for people to use computers rather than like, oh my God, I'm too stupid for that kind of thing. I don't want to touch it. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? I think the best career advice I've ever received was uh, a lot of people uh, talking to me when you join a new company to actually network inside the company as well. To not just be there, but also know the people, get to know their problems, help other people out and make departments talk to each other, get to know the people who are actually communicators in the company. So to not only go there and do your coding thing and sit in the corner and be the amazing technology god and that is socially awkward, but actually to find your place in the company as well. And that also means not actually focusing only on people, but also on roles, because the other good tip that I got is like, yeah, you might have this great boss right now, but he could be gone any day as well. So make sure you always have a backup plan and you always have some some ground covered and some uh, some air support from top down. Yeah. That was one of the things that that really stuck with me early on and I thought it was a great idea. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I think making, putting the effort in effectively to network within the organization you're working within does actually help not only you, but also the organization. It also brings up flaws in the organizational structure. So if there's something that you cannot get done and you help the company to find out about that, that's a very good uh, foot in the door as well to stay there for longer. If your career goal is to stay with the company for longer, not not everybody does that, especially at a younger age. But the older you get, the more you realize it's actually quite beneficial to get the same paycheck every month and actually not have to rethink yourself and reinvent yourself a new company every two years. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? As weird as it sounds, I think having a proper degree actually is a good thing nowadays. I always hated that kind of thing, but uh, it's actually making sense, not necessarily a uh, an IT career or, or, or a, data, um, a computer science degree, but doing something like a data science degree or something in the world of like interaction with computers is something that would make sense to me as well. The other bit that I would uh, I would actually start to do as well is probably go with like smaller startups and smaller environments to actually try things out. I was kind of lucky that I worked for a large uh, for a large agency. So in like one year, I tried about eight different uh, enterprise level content management systems and frameworks, and I was project 
project managing like eight different comp, uh, products that were all completely different architecturally wise and programming wise. So I learned a lot in that year, but I I didn't retain anything. I always found that uh, agency work is like great to learn a lot of stuff in a short amount of time, but if you don't use it, you forget it again. So having a, a product to concentrate on, and even if it fails, it's a great opportunity to hone your skills to not only program the thing, but also understand how to make it a success. So it sounds like a great opportunity for people to do. But um, when it comes to like what your career wants to be, if I were to start right now, I would not go into gaming anymore. I mean, it, the things that I did in my free time, writing these games was quite fun. But when I see how, how much of a of a very strict and defined environment that is nowadays, and as an indie developer, it's kind of hard to actually be successful. So I would actually uh, start to, to use as many pre-done things as possible. I mean, I was always excited about knowing everything about JavaScript, everything about Perl, writing everything by scratch. But when I look at what we're, what we're delivering nowadays for end users, most of the things are built on frameworks or on actually components from like package managers. So knowing to pick the right components, knowing to understand the framework, not to do bad things with it, is a much more important skill nowadays than, than knowing the language by heart and being able able to write everything from scratch because we are reusing 90% of the time what other people have been doing. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Well, right now, my career objective is actually to move further up and, and start having a team again and thinking about like uh, get, um, basically cloning myself and doing what I'm doing at the moment, not by myself, but having a team that I can send out and do the things for me instead so I can concentrate on a few chosen clients to work with and uh, only go to a conference from time to time and not all the time so thinking about having uh, having a team again and uh, and being a department head rather than just being the person on the road is something that i'm thinking about right now because it's like yeah, an age thing i'm getting there as well where i don't <laughs> want to be that one person to do the same things all the time yes and um the main problem is that it's expected for you to sit in an office then which is something i don't like to do yet but we'll see okay and what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I think communication skills, 100%. There is the, the main thing. When to know how to actually talk to people is something very important. And also, when not to pursue something, although you know it's a mistake. There are so many times that in IT you think you know there's not a perfect solution and you know you would you could do a better one, but you will never get the chance to do a better one if you don't do the half uh, half ass for lack of a better word first. So a lot of times you have to chunk up your knowledge and you have to chunk up your way to approach a certain thing into parts that can be delivered. So the whole concept of like making the perfect code and waiting for another month or another week and another week will make you actually a stopper for the rest of the company. So if you want to be effective in it from time to time, you just have to let go and say like, okay, we do this now, but next time we do it better. But make sure you actually pat your time a lot because a lot of times people will say, okay, you can do it fast. And uh, yeah, I could, but I, I'd rather I'd rather prepare it fast and, and have it ready to be fixed later because I know what's coming than to just deliver it and not be able to fix that any anymore. Chris, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? The biggest career advice I'd say is is be interested in it. If you're really not interested in the job, if you see it's like it's a, it's gives a lot of money, but it's boring and it's not working for you and it's really not giving you what you need to do, 
there's there's no way you're going to succeed. There's no way you're going to be good. I mean, if you if you want to have a nine to five job, there's there's jobs in IT in that as well. There's maintenance jobs. There's jobs in like large I, I don't know agencies kind of things. People that do the things that other people don't want to do. But if you really really want to succeed, you have to find something that challenges you as well. And if you are somebody in a in a position where you're actually hiring people, the biggest thing success for me was always hiring people that are better than me. I always wanted to have people to replace me so I can do other things and I can sit in meetings that where, where decisions are being made that shouldn't be made. And I've got the time and the freedom to do something because I can trust my team to do something good and to do something proper. So I wanted to make sure that good people work for me that are better than me that actually will take my position so I can move on. Yep. So being afraid of the people that work for you is probably the worst thing that you can ever do because that way your company will not strive either. And finally, Chris, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Well, the best way to reach me is basically on my blog, christianheimer.com. There's an email in the, in the footer, and I'm very active on uh, on Twitter as CodePoet with an 8 at the end, and yeah, available on LinkedIn as well. So the, uh, it's easy to reach me. It's hard to find me and to be able to have me on the phone for, for a long time because I'm traveling a lot. But uh, there's an easy way to send me emails, and I normally try to answer them as soon as possible as well. Great. Chris, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you very much. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in to today's episode and to my guest's career tips, advice, and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. And a quick reminder that the show has now three episodes every week on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show to get new episodes automatically downloaded. Also, don't forget to join the IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. You'll get to engage with other like-minded people, get to find out more about upcoming guests and other episodes, and can get involved in the future direction of the podcast. It really is a great pleasure to be able to talk to so many inspirational people from across the industry and to be able to share their stories and advice with you. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.